Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Michael Yon, and this episode is on reincarnation. So welcome again, Kentakis, and yes, tell us about reincarnation. Well, Michael, I believe reincarnation is one of the most interesting subjects on any form of spiritual matter. A lot of people today have heard the word reincarnation. Uh, they may even think in their own minds or their own human brain, well, what is the word reincarnation? All they would say is to reincarnate. What they don't seem to fully comprehend, that it's a little more complicated than that. And remember, Michael, when we spoke about the wheel of life, mm. most people believe there is only one wheel of life on this planet, like it's in the spiritual matter and there's only one of them. But in reality, there are hundreds of thousands of wheels of life. And each of us choose which wheel to reincarnate. And that's a constant flow in every reincarnation. So can you just clarify what you mean or what it's understood to be the meaning of wheel of life? The wheel of life is like an energy. And within that energy, you could say it's like a dimension, like a realm. That energy houses a specific amount of spirits that reincarnate over and over again in a particular group. And there are thousands upon thousands of these energy, let's say, grids. We, When we pass over by taking our last breath, we enter either the astral world or the spirit world. And when it's time for us to elevate and to reincarnate, we end up in that pool, that energy flow that represents our energy flow. It's like like attracts like. And we then choose the family. We choose the mother, the father, the brother, the sister, however we decide to incarnate. And once we have chosen that and we incarnate, then we are back on the wheel of life. But while we are in spirit world or the astral world, we are learning to let go of what we already created in that life we just ended. Mm. I see. And so there could even be like several wheels of life on earth because are you saying people are connected to similar people and they go, th they go similar paths, like they're in groups, like soul groups kind of like they're. Yes. Yes. Let's just say, let's just say there's a hundred spirits that formulate within that one grid of energy, life after life after life after life, depending when they perish. They will stay in that group and they will become the father, the mother, the son, the daughter, um, the uncle, the grandmother, the friends, the work people, and they learn. They are learning specific lessons of life, physical life. Once they complete that learning, they can progress beyond that and they can enter other grids of energy for higher learning, for a better life, because they've learned to let go of the karma, especially negative karma, that they've created. One of the sad parts I think of the totality of human existence over the last 928,000 years that I believe many human people do not fully comprehend. The amount of karma that has been created by everyone that incarnates on this planet is massively horrendous. And each of us are responsible for some part of that, whatever it may be. And we need to work on that and to forgive and let go. And once we learn to understand 
the flow of life from emotion to feelings, we actually become self-aware in our own understanding of spiritual knowledge. Spiritual knowledge is also one of the most important aspects of growth. Without it, we simply live to logic and we don't seem to go beyond it and we stay as ignorant as ever. Mm. And we also have this ignorance about us that we are so superior to everybody else. I have met so many people that try to belittle others because of their position or their wealth or their knowledge. And what they don't seem to understand, we are all on some wheel of life, learning all the same lessons. And we need to dissolve our egotistical attitude and grow in self-awareness and become feeling beings beyond our stupidity of emotion. I see. And in the simplest form, I guess, like as you're going along in this way, around and around, reincarnation after incarnation, it's a letting go of the old and the negative and just an embracing a more uh, loving, open way. Is that a really simple way of... Absolutely. In other words, grow beyond what you just said and simply flow with life. Don't struggle. Don't, it's like swimming in a river. If you swim against the tide, you'll eventually become so tired and you'll possibly drown. But when you swim with the river, you'll get to the same destination. It may take a little longer, but you'll survive and you'll grow from it. Speaking of growing from it, what is the purpose of reincarnation? Simply to go back to the self-awareness of where you've come from originally. You see, if we went back trillions of years, and I'm talking trillions, and we could possibly see what eventuated when the first spark of a living cell had the first thought of what am I? Why can I suddenly think? Why do I feel as if I'm the only one thinking something? They have evolved. Those cells of living energy have evolved over trillions of years. And there are millions and millions of universes that have all different forms of life they also want to evolve back to what they once were, but to have the experience of all that knowledge of life. If you look at my father, Yarkas Kardas, billions of years old, he's been around. And look at him, he can do anything we have that same ability within our cellular structure, not our human brain. The human brain is simply data storage. Yes, you can grow new pathways within your brain and grow, but it's still data storage. The real power within us as a human being is our mind because it is pure living energy that has evolved beyond all things and are directly connected to our essence of our soul. And that's where all knowledge exists. If we can learn to go beyond the physical, say every time we perish as a human being, we would then take that knowledge back with us into our new incarnation and become similar to what the Nakarons are. They can remember and recall every single lifetime 
of their existence over the last 27 million years of their evolution. And it literally helps bring the balance, the knowing that you don't have to live in ignorance. You can go beyond it and become feeling beings of the heart. And you can live in the most blissful way from the heart. You don't need the ego to do what has been done throughout human history with all its violent wars, its rapes of women and then murders of children right throughout human evolution. That's why humanity is finding it hard to let go. And that's why humanity is incarnating over and over and over and over again. And it will never stop until we have a spark within us that says there's got to be more. And we start each searching within ourselves where the real truth lies, not what is out on the surface that our human eyes can see. Mm. It's what's within us. Mm. And what about those times in between our physical lives when we're going into, say, the astral, the spirit world? Can you tell us about that? And also, what's it like to potentially grow and become aware there as well in between our physical lives? Well, let me use myself then as an example. If if you could see through my eyes, let's just say, or if anybody else on planet Earth could lock into my vision and see what I see when I leave my body and create a body within spirit world, the things that I do in helping those that are stuck, it's like they're stuck in a crack and they just can't get out or can't just budge that door enough to see the light beyond that thought of where they are. They would start to open their minds to a much bigger picture of what can be done and what can be achieved. When you're in spirit world, there are many who can't do much at all, who are stuck. And they can be stuck there for 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, 50,000 years of human time. But in spirit world, time doesn't exist anyway. So it doesn't really matter. What I have learned to do, Michael, when I'm physically awake, is to believe beyond all things that I can do whatever I want to do in spirit world. And when I go to bed, I think along those same lines. So when I'm in spirit world or the astral world, I can create anything. You can create buildings with a single thought just through your imagination. It's like it's like believing in what you're seeing within your imagination. Imagination is the greatest gift that's been given to any species, to humanity. We use it every single day in our daily lives, but we don't give it credit or ourselves credit to what we can create physically or spiritually. When I'm in spirit world, I do lots of magic. The reason I spent the last 51 years of my human existence on this planet is to prove to those in spirit world that magic is real. 
So when they decide to reincarnate, that thought of the knowing that they've witnessed it is locked within their cellular memory. And something, even like going to a magic show when they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s, it can literally activate that memory just by witnessing someone doing some magic. Yes, it's illusion, but it can still trigger it off. So what I've actually helped with is their evolution in a way. That's important. And that's why magic through imagination is very, very important when you enter spirit world. So you become limitless. So when you incarnate again, Michael, you start to believe that you are limitless. And you start to use your imagination. So the next life you have, and the next, and the next, so every time you reincarnate, your awareness is growing on a sub-level. But eventually, you will become fully aware of what you are, who you are, and what you are capable of. Because you step out of human ego, of negative emotion, into becoming a feeling being of the heart chakra. That's real incarnation. Mm, and that's, that's, I mean, that's the purpose. To, and then you become off the wheel. You're, you're out of the grid. You're, you're, your options are more open. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are, they're very, I mean, some people are very aware of that. A lot of people, it became a bit of a buzzword, the idea of ascension. Um, but there's so much here and now that we can work on before getting there. So there's so much to focus on. 100% true, Michael. One thing, I, you just said a very interesting word, ascension. I, I just need to say this, and this is no disrespect to anyone on this planet that believes in it or is attempting to create it, but you have to look at human life. The cause and effect syndrome. Whatever you create in life, negative or positive, must be uncreated. Somewhere in your incarnations. So you can never ascend. And I mean never, never ascend. Unless... You are a, full, a fully balanced human being that not only has the knowledge, but has experienced it fully, physically and spiritually. Yeah, I see. I see. So it made me think when you were saying that, is it that you clear up all your earthly karma? And therefore, you're at a level, literally, as you said, you're very aware of it to be able to ascend. Is it, are you clearing out all your karma? Does that make sense to say it like that? That is 100% correct. Oh, really? It's, it, yeah. It's like if you have a diary, you know, have a 12-month diary, mm. and every day you write in it. What do you do? You complete or you try to complete what you've written on that day, say Monday, you try to com complete whatever you need to do. And if you don't, a sensible person would write what they never completed into Tuesday and so on. And that's how it would go through the 12 months of the year. You would be completing your, um, your duties. Now, with karma, there is good karma and there is negative karma. Most of the time, we create negative karma. Our thoughts are shocking sometimes. We, we think about who we are in a very, very low way. And that creates our own self, low karma. And we have to learn to change that. And the only way to change 
is to change our thoughts. Because when we think a thought, we either think it about ourselves or we think it about somebody else. And what we have to realize, thoughts are energy. You, as an individual, are energy, total energy, living energy. The only difference is you believe you're living in a physical body. But you still have that thought, which is energy. And when you think of a thought so many times throughout the day, you literally project it and it travels to the person you're thinking about negatively or positively. So we have to change what we are thinking when we send it out negatively or positively because it affects us karmically. Mm. Mm. Wow. And does that, what, what is it like coming back in the next life and the next life after having, for instance, thought those kind of thoughts about ourselves? Can we actually come back the next life where we're even worse off because of how we thought about ourselves a life before? Yes. Um, normally, normally when um, we create lots of, you know, violent acts throughout, say, our current life, and we may even say um, fought in a war and we've killed, you know, probably dozens of people. That is a negative karma. doesn't matter about your righteousness. That's just a load of rubbish. Think that you're fighting for the right country, the right religion. That, that is really low thinking. We have to change our thinking that we cannot just take a life. Now, if someone is fighting or, or harming, say, one of your family members or your friend, and they're not capable of, say, looking after themselves or defending themselves, yes, you have every right. And if that person has got a weapon, you have every right to fight for your life and your wife, your child or your friend. But when you go out senselessly to fight a war from some dictatorship in another country because your government or military says so, that is a negative karma, no matter how you look at it. Murder is murder when you go out directly to so-called defend. And you've got to ask yourself the question, what are you defending? So you create negative karma. And that does affect your current life and if you don't deal with those emotions in forgiveness and seeing what you've actually done is not, is not right, you carry that not just into the astral world or the spirit world. You will come back in incarnation and you will go through a karmic clearance again until you come to an understanding, a balance that this is not the way you are meant to be. And it's a hard one, Michael. That's, it's a really difficult one because we have so many so-called dictatorships out there. My wife was telling me, Michelle was telling me about this, this country, some Asian country um, has a dictatorship and the military went out and this dictator just gave the orders because they were protesting to shoot them. And apparently several hundred people were shot dead. Oh, no. Shot, yeah, shot in the head. There was children, women, men, and no one really came to their aid. Now, that is really negative karma on that dictator, as well as the, the soldiers that um, listened to the stupid orders. You know, it's just ridiculous mm, mm. to kill life. Life, Michael, is so precious. And I admit, we have evil on this world to help us deal, I suppose, with the balance of life. But eventually, the only way to grow as an individual or a mass society is to remove the evil. If you choose to grow consciously, you can't grow consciously if there is evil 
lurking constantly. It just doesn't work. It's like if you want to give up smoking and you live with five smokers and, and they're all smoking around you. And here you are sitting in the same room because you're living there and all you smell is smoke and you're taking it in at the same time. Well, you, you're never going to give up smoking. Mm. It's the same principle. So reincarnation can be a very, very touchy subject to many people. Yeah, I was reminded of something you told me a while back about, not that I want to get into Hitler in any big way, but could you explain what you explained to me about his following lives? Because that, I think, is very interesting. Are you saying um, um, to describe his following lives? No, because not to he... describe. I, no. I mean, if, if, I, if I say what you told me, it was something like, Hitler to balance out the karma oh, that he yes, had created. Yes. Yeah, do you want to go on from that? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't realize um, the circumstances of a man called Adolf Hitler. He rose up in power around about 1933, and everybody just loved him. But Hitler was growing within his own human brain an issue, and there was pressure placed upon his brain. And it was a tumour. And that caused him to have violent um, outbursts every so often. Now, Hitler was a funny man. Um, he gave power to very evil um, Nazi men who abused the privilege of being under Hitler's authority. Now, Hitler basically was the cause of nearly 69 million human people to perish in the Second World War. Now, his karma, the effect of what he's done, is not only with all the people that followed him, they'll have tremendous karma for all the, all the, the shootings and murder and the rapes, um, the children, uh, there was about a million children, one and a quarter million children that he literally took away from parents in his time of being in power and brainwashed them. And most of them ended up as Nazis for his regime. Now, his karma will go on for thousands of years. In fact, he could probably have to live another 50 to 100,000 lives on this human planet for him to actually come to balance with his karma that he's created. And that's a very long time. Well, didn't you say right now there's several, like over a hundred of his, um, like his soul has split up his spirits. Yes. So that, yes. can you can you mention that? Are you saying, are you saying um, that they're spread all over? Yeah, is that what I was saying? Yeah, he, ages ago you mentioned that he was living. Uh, sorry, that he. Yeah, there were several spirits of his that were living probably not so great lives, so that the karma could be balanced out. And I, I just remember you saying oh, something yes, like yes, a, yes, a hundred yes, yes. of them okay. all at once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What actually happens with a lot of um, the soul of of um, spirits? They can actually give out many many facets. And those facets can go all over the world or even in one country, even in one family group. And they literally come together to work out Pacific karma for the good of all. Now, with Hitler, about a 100 different entities, which are spirit facets from the soul, they're all over the world. But in reality, some of them could actually have been in Germany when Hitler was in power through the Second World War. And some of them could even be um, the Nazis, some of his worst um, enemies. And even, even his um, mistress could have been a facet of him. I could find that out. And she was a very, very evil woman. And that was all kept nearly secret. What she used to do was, oh, oh dear, it's it's... I just don't understand how um, certain people can do such cruelty to other people for no reason whatsoever, for their own lust or their own stupidity. 
But that's basically, with all those entities out there, he can work his karma to a more balanced, I suppose, a way of life to improve, say, what he has created negatively to try and balance it out in a more positive way in a shorter period of time. Right. And that's like, that's overseen by the soul. It's overseen by the soul of all those facets, yes. Now, the funny thing is with Hitler, just so you understand too, with, with his incarnation, he was to, what's it? What's the word? A catalyst. He was the catalyst to unite humanity. But the sad part, it was in such a horrible, horrible way that so many people had to perish to try and bring the world together to destroy some form of evil like Hitler. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And what's even more sad, Michael, over a hundred and something, I'm not sure of the exact figure, but I think it's about 170 or about 140 between that. Could even be 147 or 174. Um, Nazis, including their families, were taken to America. They signed agreements with America just after the war. So they could literally live in America and create technology for America. Mm. And even Hitler's children, two children, I think it's a boy and a girl, were taken by one of the Nazis with a family to America, and that's where they live. Not under their name as Hitler, I don't believe, but um, to live there. Mm. And they would create facets, and the genetics within Hitler would be within the children which could cause also problems. And that's the other thing about genetics. It does create karmic problems through every single generation because we pass on the negative aspects of violence, control, domination, stress, stress, disease onto our children. And then they start to live and experience a lot of the characteristics of what's been passed on through their own experiences as a human being. And it literally follows them through their lifetime. And then it goes on to their children and their children because no one has ever looked at resolving those negative emotional issues. Hmm. I mean, give you an example. Very quickly, I I know someone that was um, sexually molested. A male was raped by another pedophile. And that person has never looked at their emotions. I think it's around about, if I remember correctly, probably now about 30, 31 years. They can pass on all those emotions if they have children. And because they haven't looked at and buried those emotions, it can come out in their children and they can end up experiencing the same horrific, horrible experiences what their father or their mother had experienced. Yeah, like attracts like. Like attracts like. And that's the sad part of human karma. We have to look at it from every incarnation we have so we can start to pass on positive genetics so it changes the negativity down the line from generation to generation. Mm. And again, that's what incarnation is all about. If with incarnation, if a a spirit that's uh, reincarnating again and again is actually going backwards. It's actually kind of getting worse over, over lives. What does maybe the soul uh, have to do with bringing them back in, in line? 
a lot of the times the soul will, even through children, when that person has a child, they'll send out another facet. So the child is born through them. So the parent learns to see how the child acts in a loving way. It will have sometimes a really understanding nature towards the parent to show them. And sometimes they might have, the child might have really negative experiences as they're growing up to show the parent that they need to learn to let go of their own negative emotions that they've experienced. Huh. It works all in different ways. Yeah. The, the, the soul is, I wouldn't say the soul's intelligent because I think the soul has no understanding of what intelligence is. The soul is pure bliss. It has all your experiences from all the lives that it has sent out as facets within its own energy fields. It doesn't feel negativity. It doesn't feel positivity. It literally exists in pure bliss. But it gathers information, just like a computer when you put in the data. It gathers that information and it stores it. It's unbiased. The computer doesn't say, hey, you know, stop putting all this negativity into me. Does it? No. And the soul is exactly the same. It's a gatherer of information for its own evolution. And what's really interesting, Michael, in a million years or a trillion years, the soul might decide that's it. It's not, it's not going to send out any more facets for incarnation. And it might turn around and become what um, Yarkas Kardas is an infinite being that is limitless and endless and take on form itself and become a creator. Has that actually happened before? Yes, it has. Wow, that's so different. Yeah, there is so much, Michael, that is limitless. And we need, as human beings, not human animals, we need to expand our, our whole understanding of the existence of what can be and realize that there is so many different avenues for us to take as a species, as a being, whatever we wish to do. Speaking of avenues, uh, is it possible to come back as a spirit guide to another reincarnated spirit? 100%. Right. Could you talk about that? Yeah. I've actually done it myself when I lived on Nakaris. When I lived on the planet Nakaris, I um, decided not to incarnate. And I had a very strong feeling. And I became um, a guide to um, Nakaris. Ah. And what's really interesting about, um, like, Katakas, Kanag, Nakaris, Kalusha, that name on the planet Nakaris was within every lifetime that they had. Oh. Every single lifetime. Yarkas Cardas made it that way for identity. So the people of Nakaris, called the Nakarons, would know within that family line that that is Kantakas, that is Kalusha, that is Kanag, that is Nakaris. They would know it was meant to be because that's the way their thought consciousness grew in self-awareness. It had nothing to do with um, um, talking about the trivialities of life in every day's conversation. It had nothing to do with going down to the gym training and talking about Fred that he's really a, a really a nice looking guy. I'd love to be able to be with him. It had nothing to do with trying to form wealth. It had nothing to do with um, I need to buy a house. I need to buy a car. I need to get a wife or a husband. I need to have children. I've got this desire. That type of thinking was never a part of the Nakaron race. They 
believed in the spiritual aspect of self-growth and self-awareness. And they discovered the totality of what the universe and all the connecting universes were made of. And that is called living energy. Simple words, living energy. But within that living energy, it had developed over trillions and trillions of human years its own consciousness, which became thought consciousness. And so similar to, uh, I, you don't call them soul groups, do you? But in the grid where you have several um, re related friends and family or spirits that are related that you incarnate, incarnate life to life, they also will show up sometimes as spirit guides. And can you sh just uh, briefly explain how spirit guides affect our life, what effect they have in our life? Okay. There are some spirit guides that only come in every so often to guide us, communicate. Most of us as human beings, we can have either one spirit guide throughout our entire current life as a human being, or we can have dozens and some even hundreds. Spirits guides come in and some of them, only some of them, which can be very few, can be with us most of our existence on earth and constantly encourage us to look at what we're actually doing with our thinking and what we are doing with our life by talking to us. If they talk to us constantly, some people call it chatter in the brain. Some people call it um, unusual sounds in the ears. High-pitched sounds suddenly pop in. And here, those special, here specialists will say that's just the ringing or the popping of the eardrums or something like that. Yeah, like tinnitus. Yeah, something. But in reality, those high-pitched sounds can actually be a spirit guide trying to communicate with you. And the different frequencies just don't correspond with each other. One is vibrating too high to what we are vibrating. And sometimes it can take many human years for the two frequencies to actually interlock. It's an example, stealth fighter, and you've got these great missiles on the on this stealth fighter. And inside the cabin, you've got this computer screen, and it's got a little square with like an arrow, not an arrow, like a little cross, like a, um, uh, an ambulance van would have. And when you reach your target, it goes right on that target, and it flashes whatever color, red, green, and that's when you press the button and the missile is locked on to whatever. And it's the same as the frequencies that are trying to lock in. And once they lock in, they're locked forever. And that's when the spirit can actually communicate voice the sound of a vibrating voice from spirit world to the human world. And you can literally hear it with your human ears. And suddenly you might think, because you're not aware of these things, it's um, a bad poltergeist or a bad ghost, or there are spirits in your head talking to you, telling you to do certain things. But in most situations, it's an innocent act and it's actually your guide. And a lot of the times it's your main guide trying to talk to you to help you in your present incarnation as a human being, to help guide you. And if you learn to listen with your heart, just by closing down all the chatter and just listen and say, 
I am now here to listen and I know that you are trying to communicate with me. And if you do that enough, then one moment in your life, you'll actually connect your frequency to what the spirit frequency is. And you'll hear it so clear that it could be a blessing for you. They might be trying to warn you not to go down a certain path or a street on a particular day or a particular week or a month because it's going to be detrimental to your health and it will change your entire destiny, which could be fatal in a way. So we need, as humans, to raise our heart chakra so it comes into a loving vibration which makes it easier to hear what these spirit guides are trying to tell us. Because we're too busy, Michael. We run around with our little bums on fire all the time, mm. trying to complete so many tasks through the day. We're eating junk food all the time, food that is absolute rubbish for our human existence. It literally stops us dead in our tracks to communicate with any form of vibration beyond what we're currently in. You're saying the food stops us? Absolutely. Mm. Food does because it's not living energy. It's literally nearly dead energy. It's a low vibration. And when we consume low vibrational food, it puts us into a low vibration. And it's very hard to come out. Now, I, I knew a woman and a man. They were husband and wife. They came to me for a consultation probably about 32, 33 years ago. And they said they are both unhealthy. They want to change and they want to know what they can do. So I explained a lot of things to them over a two-hour period. And the first thing was to give up their drinking because they loved to party. They drank too much. One of them smoked. The other one inhaled the smoke. She had a coughing um, um, spree every so often. That was because of taking in the smoke from her husband. He smoked before he went to bed in the same room, and it caused all sorts of allergies, even for their children. So they decided to take up a challenge that I gave them. And I said to them, it's, it's entirely your choice. If you can do this for three to four months, it will change your life. It will change your thinking towards yourself and towards your husband or wife, towards your children, towards your friends, towards your work. That really got them going. And they did. They became full-on vegetarians for that four solid months. And when he rang me after that, he said, thank you. I said, how did you go? He said, fantastic. My wife and I are going to stay vegetarians. And they did because they moved away and they moved actually to New Zealand. And uh, they had family over there from a couple of generations. So they decided to move there and take their small business with them. But they stayed for years and years and years, as long as I knew them, full on vegetarians and so did their children. And they became so happy within themselves, they lost all their old friends because their old friends couldn't stand them trying to change. They wanted them to stay like them. So it made their life feasible that they drank and smoked and ate garbage food. But they didn't. They changed. And it changed their friends. Changed their future incarnations. Absolutely. 100%. It changed consciously. Every lifetime will come after that. Because it's already imprinted in their cellular memory. Not their DNA so much. 
Yes, it's in their DNA, but I'm talking on a sub-level so deep in those four quadrillion cells that a human being is made up from that turns physical. That's what needs to be changed. When we change our thinking, Michael, we change our existence and we change our karma and we change our reincarnation. It becomes more positive, more positive and more positive. But when we live the same attitude and we live in the same earthly habits that are negative from one lifetime to the next, we create our children into that same existence without even knowing we're doing it. And if we do know, then we should be ashamed of ourselves for doing it. Excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to share about reincarnation? There's a lot, Michael. There is so much more to reincarnation. Um, I, I just don't believe that people should be inundated with too much. I think people need to sit in a quiet place every so often and listen to sensible knowledge that can help them in their present life and knowingly in their lives to come because it plays a very big part and not many people talk about reincarnation in a deep way. They gloss over it or many will say, no, I don't believe in it because, um, you know, God says um, um, we're going to die and um, eventually we'll be buried and um, we'll, he'll come one day and take us out. There are still people that believe that today. Now, I'm not going to say it's sad. It's just the way it is. Because everything on this planet has a purpose. And the purpose is when we are ready to make a conscious change in our thinking, our evolution, we will let go of what is no longer needed and move to something new to gain more knowledge and eventually more knowledge, more knowledge and keep going. And one day, one day, in the long, long future, we're going to see the reality that spirit world and the human world will come together. Spirit will literally be able to walk amongst us and we will see them, all of us, because all of us will have grown in self-awareness and our self-consciousness. Mm. And we'll help each other. Mm, that's cool. It's it's a it's a pretty wild thing, really, you know, because people are going to say, "You've got to be kidding me." That'll freak me out. That's already happened at uh, Nicaras, right? Yes, they see yes. this. The those that aren't incarnated, they're just walking around as spirits and spirit guides or whatever else. They see them because they're aware enough to see that. That's true. Wow. They only have to think it and it'll open up that vibration. They don't see it all the time. They only have to think it because their their consciousness is so balanced. And yet they would not say to you that I am superior to another race. They would never say that. That's not in their way of thinking. They might turn around and say, I have a different understanding of knowledge. That's all. Mm. I'll give you an example of what happened to me a few nights ago. I was laying in bed doing my affirmations, and I meant, I meant to do my affirmations while I was training, but I didn't, so I did them in bed. And as I was doing them, I was speaking about the light, living energy. And suddenly I, I looked, because my eyes were closed, and I could see this darkish-type shadow coming towards me. And a face appeared, the most strangest face, actually. It was pointed, like from the side of the head. It sort of narrowed right in, 
with a very sharp nose and two very beady eyes with very long, untidy, it looked like dark hair that was netted or, or I don't know, I, don't, I can't describe it. And it had like a very dark clothes on itself, very full in the clothes. And it looked straight at me, these eyes. And I looked at it and I said, yes, I've been waiting for you to come and see me. I have felt your presence for a long time. You are horrified that I stick to the light because you have been trying to influence me, but you cannot. I am of the light and I always will be. My heart only accepts living energy, which is pure light, pure love that is unconditional. And I reject your energies of evil, black, murky, filthy. Come any closer, I said, and you will burn in the light of what you are. And I just suddenly threw both my hands out at such great speed. You have never seen a spirit move back so fast because they know when you are true of the heart and you speak of the light that is living energy, they know that your mind creates it 100% and it will literally burst them into a flame. You won't see the flame, but that's what happens. They literally will combust. So they keep right away, but they never stop trying to influence your existence. Now, in, in some reality, there are many, many negative spirits in the astral, and they do prey on physical people, especially those that are weak-minded and those that are susceptible to sickness because they are easy to control and manipulate their energies of thought. And what they do to exist within the earthly vibration, because it vibrates at a different frequency, they actually break into your aura and they literally feast on your energy. And that's why people become sicker and sicker and some die, not knowing why but they also at the same time can influence your thought consciousness to become in a negative way which influences your present incarnation and even into your next and that's why i say to people try truly to believe in the light of all that is when you put your hands on your heart and you say, I am connected to the center of my soul, my heart, and I call upon my heart chakra to bring forth the light, which is living energy, to surround my being, that I am in a force field of protection in every moment of every breath, in anything that is of a negative vibration will automatically dissolve now and never return. When you say something like that with meaning, that is the knowing that the light works. But if you say it as a joke and say, yeah, I am light. Yeah, I send light there and I send light here. That is just a stupid game. There is no power in that whatsoever. When you see a healer doing a cleansing and they smoke or they're a heavy drinker or they're sick, nothing's working. It just does not work. And it can affect you in your current life as much as your next. And that's why it's so important, Michael, for every single person who wants to grow consciously and their children to grow consciously to work only in the light 
and change some of their lower earthly habits into positive ones that allows them to grow consciously. Now, your question. Uh, thank you. Um, what about the reincarnation of animals and insects and such? There is, okay, in the human world, you have the astral world, you have spirit world. There are, as, you, as I've said to you, thousands and thousands of different levels of thought consciousness within those realms to grow from consciously and then reincarnate back into another existence, depending on how long it's going to take. That energy of you being a spirit comes from your soul. Your soul gives you the ability of free will, which gives you the ability to have thought consciousness, which gives imagination as your greatest gift. When it comes to any form of animal, no matter what it may be, especially if it's a carnivore, they do not have thought consciousness. They have pictures. They see pictures and they can remember. But over a long period of time, a lot of carnivore animals lose those pictures and they have to re-establish them. They have a pool of energy that Mother Nature brings forth all the animals from the sea to the lands into evolution. Nobody else does. That's how it is formulated. Now, when they decide, or sorry, when that actually happens, because they don't decide, it is Mother Nature bringing the balance of the animal kingdom into existence. But because humanity slaughters well over a billion animals every year to consume, that alone, Michael, is creating horrendous karma for all those that are any part of it whatsoever. But the animal kingdom is brought into existence from the spirit that is within the earth called Mother Nature. And so if a um, particular animal had a unique, uh, let's say, negative experience in its life, is it possible that that same animal, its spirit could come in a future life and, 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 be, and still be affected? Like, do they, have, yes. do they literally incarnate yes. again and again? Yes, they can reincarnate again and again. Um, some of them do come in and they may have experienced a really bad lesson with a particular human in some incarnation previously. And you've heard of sudden where dogs have suddenly attacked for no apparent reason whatsoever. They normally wouldn't do that. But they've attacked a particular person and literally killed them. That can be a karmic debt, yes. Wow. Because energy, Michael, is energy. And everything, no matter what it is, must be brought back into balance. Hmm. Okay, well, in closing, do you have any final words on reincarnation? I, I don't think I have anything else to say on that matter. The, the only thing that I would like to say and express is it's so important that we as a human species opens our mind and our hearts to the possibilities that there is so much more to existence. When we close our minds and our hearts and simply live in a logical world, we do not grow consciously. And that is total truth. We can't because all we're doing is living an egotistical life. And there are many that actually live in that energy over and over and over again. But when we open our hearts and our minds, we begin to see the reality of something different. That's all it is, something different.
to ponder on. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Kentakis. You're very welcome, Michael. And if you have any uh, questions about uh, anything we've spoken about or any uh, suggestions or the like, please uh, contact us by emailing kentakis at gmail.com. You can find out more about Kentakis and his books at etcconsciousness.com. So that's it for now. My name is Michael Yon. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more.